Hello, good evening and welcome to the JazzNet Weekly Podcast. It's Sunday 11th of February. Uh, I'm your host tonight, John McCallum. Um, this is episode 314 uh, of the JazzNet Podcast. Of course, the JazzNet Podcast is independent Rangers podcast made by fans for fans where the content is free. Uh, it's not just a podcast we have at JazzNet. There is a forum, there are articles, a social media archive and a history archive, sorry. Um, and if you enjoy the pod, please um, let people know. Um, Subscribe to us on YouTube uh, or wherever you get your pods. Uh, now, tonight's show is going to be uh, looking back at yesterday's match against Air United. Uh, we'll have a look at our first impressions of our three January arrivals. Uh, maybe look at our defensive record since Clement arrived. Uh, maybe chat with Borna Barisic um, and the Scottish Cup draw, which we came, happened on earlier. And then if we have time at the end, we'll have a quick look ahead to the match against Ross County on Wednesday. And before I do all of that, uh, I just need to have a quick chat with you about our sponsors who are Forest Precision Engineering. We couldn't do this without their help. Forest Precision Engineering are a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company and a big commercial sponsor of Rangers for many, many years. And we're delighted they're backing our podcast. And you can learn more about Forest Precision Engineering by visiting their website, which is forestprecisioneng.com. Or you might be more interested in the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, which is a lovely hospitality area in the main stand. If you want to know more information about that, like how to book it, then contact the club directly at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Okay. Uh, now, I am joined tonight not by the people I thought I was going to be joined by, um, which isn't, I say I'm disappointed by that, I have to talk, um, but it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I know that's in an eagerly weighted evening where uh, overweight men in brightly coloured, tight-fitting costumes stand around for three hours while not a lot happens. So it's a wee bit like the JazzNet presenter's Christmas party. Anyway, tonight I now have two people with me who know the difference between uh, a tight receiver and some blocked tackle. Um, Chris and, and Stuart, um, you guys American football fans or did you manage to get girlfriends when you were teenagers? <laughs> I, I I tick the overweight box, but apart from that, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think I I qualify for many of those British joints. So I I'll let Stuart uh, determine what boxes he ticks. Well, I'll I'll, I'll tick a, a my favourite of tight ends. So um, I'll I'll go down as a a bit of a a fish and other when it comes to American football. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Right. Well, I hear the 69ers are on tonight, or is it the 49ers? I'm never entirely sure which one of these teams it's playing. Anyway, look, let's talk about real football. Let's talk about uh, the game yesterday. Um, Chris, I'm, I'm going to start with yourself. Um, I mean, it was a pretty good match, I think, overall. These games are always a bit, you know, they're, they're funny affairs when you play teams from the Championship. You know they're going to be up for it. They brought a big support. Um, you know, they're not a bad team, United. We will all remember ourselves from our time in the Championship. Um, there's not really a great deal between uh, the teams in the Championship and the teams in the bottom half of the SPFL, I don't think. Um, so it, it wasn't a huge surprise. They had a goal, but, you know, really, I don't really think that the, the game was really in doubt at any point. Um, at the start of the match, when you saw the starting 11, did it surprise you um, that the team we decided to put out? Um, not overly, no. I think that the manager has he's been very um, careful with certain players over the over the last couple of weeks. He obviously he's addressed the Ryan Jack situation, similar situation with Tom Lawrence, and just in terms of game managing his his game time. Um, I think he's he's trying to get everyone up to roughly the same level of fitness and sharpness. Um, and obviously, for different players, that will take different lengths of time. Um, I think he, he would like to have a 
poor um, of both those levels within the, within the group. And that means dipping certain guys in and out at, at certain times. Um, so I think that the team he picked was a real statement of intent. Um, I thought Dessers may have started just to get him a just to get him a goal, hopefully and try and get him a bit of confidence. Um, but t- taking no chances at all, strong side. Surprise for me was Jack Butlin starting. I, I assumed that Robbie McCrory would uh, would get a game, keep his place from the uh, from the Dumbarton game. And it almost feels like if he can't play against the United at Ibrox, now when's he next going to get his get a chance? Because Butland's obviously been hugely impressive, um, very much number one, arguably the best player in Scotland so far this season. If I say if, if Robbie's not going to get a game in, in that type of that type of fixture, it's hard to see where he gets in. Um, but I think it's a real statement of intent from the manager, and overall Rangers way are really comfortable. Um, I don't think that, as you say, John, I don't think the result was, was ever in doubt. Slightly nervy in the second half. The second goal could have come a wee bit earlier just to allow us on the gantry to start writing our intros and get everything uh, signed off. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, came in, it still came in ample time, thankfully, to, uh, to avoid any uh, late nonsense. Yeah, I mean, if you are right, actually, whilst it's 1-0, and the longer 1-0 goes on, you think, well, they'll get a chance. They'll get a set piece. They'll get a corner or something. But... Um, even then, you still feel with this Rangers team that, that, that the team's got enough to go on and score another couple of goals if that does happen. Um, Stuart, the, the, one of the changes that he made was bringing back uh, Borna Barisic. Obviously, he turned to the team uh, and he scored within 10 minutes. Uh, he could have scored another. He really should have scored another. It was, it was a horrific <laughs> shot, actually, when you saw it. It's one of those ones you thought, what happened there? How did that ball end up where it ended up? And you realise that he just he just miscued it completely and scalped it off a defender. Um, but you know, overall, what did you make of 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 A's goal, B's performance, and and C? I think ideally, I'm, I'm going to know who is our first choice left back just now. Yeah, I, I think uh, Barisic is um, the translation from Serbo-Croat to English is actually Stuart Monroe. <laughs> uh, because I think the more the more occasions he drops out of the spotlight and onto the bench, he suddenly makes a comeback as the the guy to start. And any doubts about him starting quickly evaporated. I would say after ten minutes when he, he scored the opening goal because he's that kind of guy who wants to get in that kind of position and have a crack at goal. Um, I think I think he was one of the he was one of the problems for Rangers. The fact that they scored after ten minutes, you're then expecting. I'm not, I'm not saying an avalanche of goals, but you're expecting it to be comfortable, Rangers. It almost made it comfortable, but they won nothing up. Um, and, and they were able to play the game then at their pace. But um, in terms of him being, uh, you know, picked for this game, I concur with what, you know, Chris said earlier there. I think it was, um, we debated this on Friday night in the preview show. I, I think there had to be a kind of happy medium between those that, maybe what he needed to play in terms of strength and those he wanted to play to see where they were in the, in the grand scheme of thing. And and Barisic is one of these guys, but I think Barisic as well is one of these guys who, even though he has his critics um, and occasionally has, a, a, you know, maybe only gives you a 5 out of 10 performance-wise, he, he never really lets you down. Um, he is a, a, a pretty consistent performer, to my mind anyway. And so I wasn't really surprised to see him coming back in. Uh, again, I, I think the manager had to show faith 
with one or two guys and again to agree with Chris um, twice in the one night is, is quite incredible but I will agree with him the whole, the whole, th- the whole thing about Butland getting, starting I would have to think that Butland might have taken a step forward here and said I want to play this game Rather than the manager having been the manager's choice, I think I, 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 I remember this going back as far as Chris Woods and Nicky Walker, and Chris Woods basically saying, you know, I'm I'm playing, and it was only when he was injured that he didn't play. So he played in every match, and I think Butland has established himself as the number one. Another thing I would say is that Butland's now in a situation at international level where he could be one of England's three choices in the goalkeeping stakes. If you look at who else they have there, they they, they have a pretty established number one, but beneath that you've got guys who are who are either not being um, picked as, um, at their club or who are injured. Therefore, I think Butland just wants to, you know, especially games that are going to be live on television, I think he just wants to be seen to be playing and keeping clean sheets in these games, simply because I think he might have a, an eye on going to the Euros. So do you think Butland's our first choice left back? It's Barisic. <laughs> no, I, no, I, would, I, would, I would say that Butland actually probably could put a shift in there at left back as well. <laughs> probably could actually, yeah. Um, he, he, he do, and another thing I would say is that in terms of continuity, we saw against Aberdeen the other night there, um, a bit of a howler between, you know, for, for Goldson as Ivory Coast just scored again. Um, but the, 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 the fact of the matter is that I don't think Butland, I think if Butland had actually stayed where he was when the initial ball was played, he would have taken one step forward and, and, and grabbed the ball instead of reversing. So I don't I think either Ghost nor Butland particularly covered themselves in glory with the goal that he lost against Aberdeen. And I think defensively, the fact that he's lined up with Butland, Tavernier, Goldson and Suter again would, would make you think that he's he's going to try and win the game defensively before he wins it anywhere else in the pitch. So all in all, I think, you know, going back to Barisic, he was the one change that I probably would have made amongst that back five. Redvan's been looking a, <laughs> looking a better player. And they all, everyone's been looking a better player recently. Uh, Redvan's been looking a better player, but uh, yeah, I think for me, I think Barisic still. I think I'm still more comfortable when I see Barisic's name there, and, and you know, I think we need a, we need a better left back than both of them. But uh, I think he is probably still my number one. Um, Chris, um, our Africa Cup of Nations correspondent there told us that Ivory Coast have have um, is that is that two one then? Is that is, is that the score now? I think that's now two one two yeah, two one. Cote d'Ivory. Cote d'Ivory. Ivory Coast, as we say in the West End. Um, uh, and it was our first proper look at um, the, the son of Ivory Coast. I couldn't remember the name of the capital. Ab- Abu Jajan, is it? The, um, the, the, anyway, Mohammed um, Diomandi. Uh, we kind of got a, a, a kind of cameo appearance from him during the week, but this was really our first chance to see him properly. Um, what, what did you make of that first viewing? I'm not sure he was playing in his his natural position, but uh, I'm not entirely sure because I haven't really seen him play before. Um, what did you make of it? Um, I thought he was okay without being overly eye-catching. Uh, I think we consider where he is fitness-wise, the length of time he's been actually working with the squad, length of time since he's played competitive footballers, having made the uh, made the move. Um, I think it, it would have been wrong to expect too much from him, to ask too much from him. The manager did say post-match, I think he was playing slightly higher than is perhaps natural for him. I think he's playing slightly higher than eventually we will see him 
settle into the into the side. For me, I don't think he's done enough to say I deserve to start next week against Ross County, especially with a number of other midfield options right now. You'd imagine Osha Lundstrom comes back in as one of the as one of the form guys. Um, for me, Tom Warren's very impressive against Aberdeen. It's probably at the head of the pack in order to be inside along uh, Lundstrom and then also Cantwell plays in time, given the the way the manager has spoken about Dio Mandy, how excited he is to have him in the squad, also the money they've committed to sign him in the summer. He's here to play. Rangers need him to play because there's an investment there. Ultimately, they want a return on their investment, both in terms of trophies and in terms of pound coins come the end of it. Um, so he, he, he will come into the team eventually. He will work his way into the side. If it takes a couple of weeks, then so be it. I think because of the because of the options there, um, there's not this great rush to go and throw him in and ask too much of him when he's perhaps not at that at that level. Um, I thought he showed a couple of nice touches. A wee bit unlucky with the shot he had in the second half. He, he had a good connection on it and put it into the into the side net. And apart from that, there wasn't really a lot there. I thought of, of the new boys, Cortez was obviously far more eye-catching, far more interesting. Um, but he is slightly further along the line in terms of being ready to come in and make an impact. So um, I think we've we've seen enough in, in Diamandi's week and we go last week and into the weekend to think there's definitely something there. There's, there's definitely a player there. People really excited about him. It might just take a few weeks before we actually see what he really can he really can bring to the side and where he, and where he actually fits into that midfield. It's funny because um, I thought he would hit the ground running. And Cortez would take a while to catch up because Cortez hasn't hasn't played a lot of football. He hasn't played a lot of football. Full stop. Um, but he hasn't played a lot of football this season. Um, but it actually does, like you've said, it did seem to be the other way around yesterday. Um, is that Diamandis, um, Diamandis' preferred position? I thought he was a bit, maybe a bit more of a, a, a defensive defensive midfielder. Um, but I really don't know. And, and Raskin's struggling for form. Um, you know, I, I'm not. I just don't feel Raskin's found his form yet since he came back from from his last injury, um, and I did wonder if maybe we might see Daniel Mandy with with Lundstrom beside him. But at the same time, I actually don't know if he's maybe the type of player who's supposed to play a little bit further forward, and, and um, he's just going to take a while to get used to. Um, Stuart, Chris talked about him there. Cortez, um, I mean, you know, that was our, our our kind of second look at Cortez. Um, and he, he was quite impressive for, for periods yesterday. Now, I think you have to caveat all that with, you know, we were playing against the team from the championship at home. Um, but at the same time, they were being no more defensive. And as I said at the start, I don't believe that their players are significantly inferior to the most of the teams we play week in, week out. I certainly don't think there's going to be that much difference between them and Ross County, for example. Um, but, um, you know, he caught the eye at times. He had a couple of lovely runs. He hit the post. Um, you know, what's your initial take on him? And, and do you think he's done enough to edge Matondo out of the, the wide left position? I think because of the position he plays and therefore as a winger, um, we, again, we touched upon this the other, other night there when we were talking about, you know, the, the wingers at Ibrooks, be it Matondo or be it McCausland and what they contribute. I don't, I don't think it mattered very much what how fit or match fit Cortez was. The fact he's a winger and you put a ball at his feet, he's out to go and try and do what he does best. And that's probably take people on and beat them. I thought, yeah. I thought he maybe was going to, he might have run out a bit of steam, but he showed enough enthusiasm right through the game. And he did show in flashes that he did have a bit of trickery about him as well. 
And again, I think that trickery will come to the fore um, and certainly speed will come to the fore once he's a bit fitter. So I think all in all, you can be satisfied with um, his performance. Just to touch on what you know you were the, discussing there about Diamandi and the likes, uh, you know, there the are defensive or holding midfield players are, are tend to be seen as being slightly defensive types when actually if you've got an attacking midfielder he can still actually play in the defensive role as well because he's maybe more creative further back and I think Rangers have still to strike that kind of balance between who's the holding or sitting player and who is a guy that maybe comes forward and adds weight to your attack and, and I think because of personnel changes, I think because of injuries and, and guys maybe just losing form, sometimes I think that part of it has been difficult for uh, Clement. I don't think Bill had a clue what he was trying to do in those particular areas, but I think Clement has a, a, a pretty much a, an idea of who he would like as a holding or sitting midfielder, who he would like to play beside him, somebody who might contribute a bit more and actually get forward, and who might be the attacking midfielder. Um, I think Lawrence had uh, a, a fantastic game against Aberdeen. I think yeah. if you watch that game again, um, you know, uh, for the purposes of research, I watched it twice as I always do. <laughs> I think he, I think he took up some great positions and made himself available a lot of the time and and didn't you know didn't hide. So I think all in all, the, there are certain guys. And again, Cortez got his chance yesterday. You have you have players who will either take that opportunity and do something with it, or players who basically have their their chin on their chest saying, I'm only playing this game because somebody else has been rested and I need to turn out on a miserable Saturday night against Air United. Um, I'll, 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 I won't let anybody down, but then I'm going, I'm not going to try very hard. I don't think that applied to Cortez. I think he actually tried to take the opportunity that was given to him and I thought he did pretty well. Yeah, I don't think Clement would stand for that. Uh, I get the feeling that um, anybody who had that attitude would not last long in in, in Clement's dressing room. Uh, he's, uh, I think, he's someone who's looking for every. You know, I, I was talking to a couple of friends um, after the match, and we both said the same thing that that, that Clement's teams play for the for the full game. There's, you know, they they go to the full game. They they don't tire. Um, they don't run out of ideas in the ways that some Rangers teams have in the more in the in the fairly recent uh, past. Uh, you, you get a full 90 minutes out of this team. Um, he makes substitutions at the right time. He seems to substitute the right people to, to bring energy back into a game. Um, and I really don't think Clement's the kind of, kind of manager who will suffer somebody who, who isn't given it absolutely everything in every single game he plays. I think, I think that part of it, just you mentioned there, it's interesting you mentioned that because I think there was a real tail off in fitness levels with Rangers under Bill. Yeah. I think they honestly, you know, rather than training of a day or, or even, even doing a big long warm down or warm up, I think they basically went to the, the, the cafe, um, for a couple of rolls and sausage and a cup of coffee. And that was them, them done for the day. You know, when you, when you look at the fitness levels of, um, Rangers when they're under, um, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Rangers were a fit, fit side, and it got them through some big matches, especially cup sides. In Europe, right? In, in Europe, yeah. they played a they played a, a final that went to extra time. They then came back with the disappointment of that, and then won a Scottish Cup final that then went to extra time. So yeah. that was a fit squad, and I, I always 
I always found it particularly frustrating that a team was allowed to tail off from those levels of fitness um, whilst Bill was there. And after about an hour, you just knew that Rangers had nothing else to give, and that's when the substitutes came. Yeah. But I think I think you're absolutely right. I don't think um, Clement is a the kind of manager who basically says, I'll give you an hour. I think maybe he's looking <laughs> for guys to run about for two hours, um, and and you know, and then they'll have done a they'll have done a shift and deserve to get paid. I don't know why. I mean, it didn't work with Bill. I don't think there's any debate about that. But I can't believe that Bill is is some you know old school manager who doesn't believe in getting the the, the team properly fit. Um, so I really don't know what happened there, and I don't have any particular insight into what happened there. Um, but there is no doubt the team the team looked fitter, and, and from reading between the lines with what a lot of Clement said, um, and they kind of run up to to Christmas. He made a number of comments about the the not so much the fitness of the players, um, but their propensity to pick up injuries. Um, so, and he, I thought he chose his words quite carefully so that he wasn't making you know big criticisms of 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 what had been there before. But at the same time, he, he did express on a number of occasions his surprise, if you like, at the, at the number of injuries we're picking up, and that, that is ultimately connected to fitness and conditioning. And, you know these these things are, and, and clearly he has different ideas on that and, and where that's going. Um, Chris, uh, last of the three uh, new players was Silva, who had an eventful game. I think it's it's fair to say. Um, I think most of the the game's talking points he was he was involved in. Um, obviously his goal, um, which he took well, I thought uh, a nice striker's finish. Matondo's attempt at a header will just do something we'll just brush over very, very quickly. Um, but I, I thought he took his goal well. I, I, I thought he had a decent game. I quite like him. That's the kind of second time now I've, I've, I've watched him and I thought, mm, yep, you've, um, you've got something about you. You know, you, you put yourself around there. You don't, you're, you're running the entire match. Um, you must be a nightmare for defenders. Um, having, uh, having played against guys with all that energy. When I was young, I hated people like that. You know, give me somebody who was very skillful any day that we be. These guys who just ran and ran and ran. I hated playing against people like that. Um, but he was also involved in a couple of controversial moments. He, he got picked up a booking in the first half, which, um, you know, in my opinion was, was not a booking. Um, and then didn't pick up a booking in the second half, which of course would have seen him sent off, which certainly at first glance looked like a booking. Um, what did you make of his, his performance? Um, what, what, what was your impression of those particular incidents, Chris? Like, uh, performance-wise, overall, it, it was good once again. Um, I thought against Aberdeen in midweek, it was really, really impressive when he came off the bench. It, there was a real step up and step up and level there, um, and you could tell this is a guy who's got real talent. You can see why teams have invested in him, why clubs have paid have paid the sums that they have for him. Um, it should be far too good for United, um, and ultimately it was because he had a he had the, the hand in the in the goal that also got Rangers over the line. I thought, as you say, John, I thought he took the goal really well. Um, it's been interesting to see. There was so much talk about Rangers number nines and people not happy that there's not another one. And this guy won't score as many goals. The more goals he scores, the quieter all that noise will the quieter all, all that noise will become. And it's nice to see him score different kinds of goals. He's a couple of headed efforts. Um, I thought, I said that one was more of a case. Strikers, uh, not right place, right time, swiveled really well. 
good finish. Um, so I thought it was another encouraging performance. I'd like to see him start again on uh, midweek against against Ross County. For me, he is, you're talking about first choice at left back, for me he is first choice at, at number nine. And the more time you can get him on the pitch, the more goals he'll score, the more chance Rangers have got of being uh, successful this season. In terms of the, the bookings, like, like you, if the first one doesn't get a yellow card, I don't see him being up in arms about it. It's just it's one of those challenges. I didn't really see the I see the fuss. Um, I talked to a couple of guys in the in the press room afterwards, and I'm saying Willie didn't have to book him for that one. So if he hadn't, there wouldn't have been a massive fury about it. And if he doesn't book him for that one, the whole uh, chat about the second one then isn't then yeah. isn't a thing. He's gone in too early. You just you let that one slide. You say, look, you have a quiet word in his ear. Say, like, you're a wee bit late there. Don't do that again. And if you then actually book him for the second one, you can say, well, you've had that one. You've had the one earlier on that I warned you about. Now you're getting a booking. Um, so I thought that there was no real, no real need for for the first one. Second one is slightly mounting out of a molehill stuff for me. I think it's a, it's not a great challenge. Does he deserve to go off the park for it? No. Um, and I think the the comments from from both managers post match were. Uh, not not uh, not surprising. I think they both called it. They both called it, and they both uh, they both took a stance exactly how you would expect to, how you'd expect them to. Yeah. Um, but the second one is the kind of challenge that you see get booked now. Um, and I have to be honest and say, I think I don't know if, if Colum watched the highlights at halftime. I don't know if that even possible for them to do. Um, did somebody in 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 his ear say, "We've had a look back at that." By the way, that was a that was a soft booking, you know, really don't think you should have given that. And, and if he's had that in the back of his mind that, right, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give him one in the second half. Um, I, I don't know if it's, if it's as simple as that. Um, but overall, though, I think I was, I was impressed with, with Silva. You know, he's, he's, he's got something about him. Um, you know, there's a bit of aggression there, which, which I think you need. Um, there's plenty of energy and, and he now, he looks, I think we all felt looking at his statistics, um, and the, the little you could see of him, that we weren't buying, and we weren't buying Chris Boyd. We weren't buying a guy who's going to score thirty-five goals a season. Um, but he does have an eye for goal. Um, there, there is no doubt about that. And I really, I like, I like the, go- I like the goal he scored. It was a, it was a, it was a striker's goal. It was an instinctive goal. You're in the right place. You turn your head. It's a. That was a, It was the kind of goal you would to see a centre forward scoring. You're laughing away at me, this Stuart. There's not even yet the, the comparison with Chris Boyd. I, was, I thought you were actually going to say we weren't going to sign Chris Boyd. We were signing somebody who might run. <laughs> you know, I was, it was um, the, the, the other thing. The other thing I would say very briefly and very quickly. Listen, Scott Brown gave the his call. You know, he, he was the only guy that in the in, in Scotland that thought that the the, the that Scotland didn't score a tie at Murrayfield as well. He was <laughs> with his opinion about everything, and uh, so no surprise in that one. But the um, the the you know, I think the, the other thing I would say is that did Willie Cullum go in and watch it at half time? Willie Cullum couldn't have watched the television when he that was his job a couple of weeks ago. So there's no <laughs> chance of going in and, and, and sitting down and plonk on the old Betamax to see what he's missed or what he, he's missed out on. So and all, all three of those ones uh, I would uh, I'd have to take exception to what you actually said. 
Yeah, no problem, no problem. Well, look, just before we, we carry on, I just need to have a quick chat with you guys about Football Prizes, who are another one of our sponsors. Um, and they have got uh, an interesting competition this week. You can get, uh, see, my dog is excited by this competition. Um, <laughs> they have got uh, a signed Philip Clement Rangers shirt. Now, I don't think he's actually worn this in a game. But um, they have a Rangers shirt and it has come out on the back and it is signed by him. Um, it's uh, a ticket price of um, £9.95 um, and the draw will be on Friday the 16th. I'm, I read quickly in front of me. But um, it's, you know we are delighted with this and they only do 29 tickets. So uh, although uh, it's, a, it's an expensive ticket, the, you, your odds on winning are pretty decent. Um, and as I said, signed Philip Clement. So that's football prizes. If you want to know more about that, have a look at the Jersey Net Twitter feed uh, and you'll get some information about that there. Um, st- staying with the referee, staying with, with um, Mr. Colum, um, Stuart, um, that's the first time he's refereed Rangers since the, the old firm game and, and everything that came along with that. Um, <laughs> you've touched upon it there. What did you make of his performance? Um, he was under a bit of pressure um, beforehand. Um, did he... Did he impress you? Um, did you think he was he was better off staying at home watching TV? He was only under pressure in our minds. There you go. That that says it all. As, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think Willie Collum reads a column inch of a, a newspaper <laughs> or a, a, a you know a blog or whatever it is. He does. I heard, he really never misses this this podcast. Um, well, I, I would actually lay money on that that he's never actually doesn't actually know of his existence. Um, he is the well, maybe his lawyer does, but anyway, um, the, the 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 fact of the matter is that listen, Willie Collum had made as a number of referees have they made enough mistakes and errors and blunders in their capacity as match officials over the years long before they turned up for a game a couple of weeks ago and you take what you get you know particularly I I don't think there's any any particular outstanding referees but then again I might be judging referees uh, on what I used to witness yet in yesteryear when referees were the sole arbiter of all decisions and you didn't have 27 different camera angles trying to prove, you know, 27 people in a studio, right? You had uh, a referee make a, a judgment call and you might read about it the next day in the paper, but that was it for forgot about. There was no social media trying to, you know, uh, crucify officials for the decisions they're taking. So all in all, I thought he turned up. He, you know, I, you know, I absolutely agree with with both of you when you know he 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 booked uh, Silva um, probably to justify his match fee, and then suddenly realised he was a pile of a pile of keek. Um, because the guy, you know, produced another foul. So all in all, I thought it was a, a pretty nondescript afternoon. And to be honest, if what they can call him can keep every afternoon or every evening that he's a match official um, that, that way for the rest of the season, I would be quite happy. Well, there's, there's incentive for Willie Collum keeping Stuart happy. Um, there's something many people have not managed over the years. Um, actually, Chris is one of the Chris is one of the few who actually who actually has managed to keep me happy. Not just well, 
content, but also with his honesty when it came to doing his uh, expenses for the week. So that's uh, that's that's something I've always held him high in, re- in high regard for that. There you go. Stuart, I think, has just admitted on there that Chris used to split his expenses with him. Um, Chris, um, Clement said something before the match, which I thought was, was, was quite interesting. And he said that he didn't agree with the club um, when they'd made their complaint about Colum um, and asking for him to be removed as a referee. And I think, and I, I, I'm, I may be slightly misquoting him here, but I think basically what he said was that if he thought that any referee was corrupt, that, that he would quit. I think that was more or less what, what he said, that he didn't believe referees were corrupt. And I think basically what he was saying is, look, sometimes they're nobody good, um, but I don't think they're corrupt. Do you think they're corrupt or do you think they're just no very good? I think they're just not very good. And as, as Stuart said there, I think there's a there's a body of evidence, shall we say, um, to that suggests that, that they're not very good. Uh, if, if anyone thinks... Um, that the game is bent or the game's corrupt up here. Why are you putting your money into it? If 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 you believed, take your as an example, John. If you believed that the game was bent against Rangers, why would you go on on Wednesday night and go and watch Ross County? If you believed that the the deter- that the the outcome of a title race had already been predetermined and everyone was working towards that agenda, why would you put your money? Why would you spend your time going to watch a a product and a sport that? doesn't have any sporting merit. So there's a lot of people who say that the world's against us. It's not, it's it's just the it's just the fact that referees up here aren't, aren't very good and the, the system that has been brought in to try and assist them has only made it worse because it highlights just how many mistakes they're making in the first place. Um VAR should be good, but the people that are running it are not very good and that's why we end up in this why we end up in this situation. I, I don't think the world is out to get Rangers. I just think the standard of Scottish refereeing, as it has been for a number of years, is not is not good enough. Uh, and Rangers pay, pay their share of the price for that, as do as do other clubs. But there would be um, a significant number of people, uh, some of whom live in this same city as us, um, who do think that referees are corrupt, and and who and and some of them. Outs, if you can get them talking about something other than football, are actually surprisingly normal. Um, but when you got them onto that subject, they, they do genuinely think that there is corruption at the at the heart of of refereeing in Scotland, and that um, that, that you know, these things are are preordained. And, and when you point out them that well, you've just won eleven of the last twelve titles available, so um, this corruption is not doing terribly well. That, that even that doesn't seem to, to fit in, and it, it is surprising. Um, just how many of them do think that now? Now, Colum is, is is somebody that you know. I have I have spoken to Rangers supporters about in the past, um, and and he is somebody that people feel um, will give the other team the benefit of the doubt. It's a fifty fifty. He's given it to the other team. I don't know. I've never been entirely sure of that. I, I've always gone along the lines of well, I think I think I think it's incompetence. Um, but but there are there's a growing body of people who who do think that there's there's there is um, I think corruption is too strong a word, um, but that um, perhaps pressure can be applied, and I think that's what what a lot of people felt at uh, the Old Firm game that pressure had been applied before it, um, and that led to favourable decisions being made um, for the team whose directors were, were applying the pressure, um, and I thought Clement's 
take, and this has been his take through. He's been, he's spoken reasonably well about referees and said they've got a hard job. And you see him make a um, go to speak to the referee at the end, and and he seems to have a a fairly amicable conversation with him. And I'm the cynic in me wonders. Is this just his way of of keeping the referees on side and and um, maybe not having a you know build a rapport with them and have them you know they're, they're human beings after all and um, we are all susceptible to someone being nice to us particularly somebody we might not expect it to be nice to us. Um, what do you think, Stuart? Is 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 Clement? You know, is he playing a game here or is this genuinely how he feels? No, I think he's very genuine. I think he's very genuine because by the way he approaches referees and the the chat, albeit brief, on the pitch that he actually has with them. You'll see him actually at times when he speaks to referees, he'll point to certain places on the pitch where there might have been a decision made that he maybe doesn't didn't agree with. But he's not going up to somebody and, and shouting in their face, uh, uh, you know, that kind of thing. I would have to say about Willie Collum as well, he is a bit like an unexploded bomb. I think if you ask a number of fans from a number of clubs what they thought of Willie Collum, they would say he was equally unpredictable whenever their side was playing as well. I think he's a guy who referees the game as he, see, he sees fit for himself and no one else. Therefore, you're going to get the, the, the you know unpredictability. And just what you, you, you mentioned earlier on there, I mean, Easter Road the other night there and two penalties, including one in stoppage time. I mean, there'll be there'll be meetings at the, the, the Grand Lodge of Scotland in terms of Masonic conspiracies about how Celtic managed to get two penalties in the one night against Hibs at Easter Road. Um, you know, given that it's only, that's only supposed to happen to Rangers. But I know, they get they get two of the game before. And I know, I, I know. But let, let's <laughs> let, let, let's let's not point out the obvious in, in this one. Um Listen, I've, I've said it all along, the standard of re- refereeing, and, and Chris would agree, if you watch enough matches, there are things that you see in games that are nothing to do with Rangers, nothing to do with Celtic. You go and watch these matches and some of the refereeing decisions are absolutely abysmal. They are shocking. And the only reason they don't get recognised is because it isn't one of the old firm that's playing in these games or it isn't televised. So, you you know, VAR was supposed to assist people. But if you don't know how to work it, it's no point in having it. I see it as like a, a form of when when televisions, you started to get a remote control with the television. And if you didn't know how to work the remote control, there was no point in having it. Um, you'd be as well just handing it to the kids. And sometimes I think you'd be as well just giving the kids a VAR monitor and say, what do you think of this one? So I think, I think we are where we are. And until somebody has for basically a better description, the balls to make a, a decision that actually will help and assist Scottish football. And that would mean somebody possibly even resigning in their capacity as head of referees or whatever it is and say, I think somebody else could do this better or oh, that will never happen. We are going to be left with this. And we'll still be talking about the same thing probably in two or three years' time. Well, that saves me writing a new agenda. Um, you know, just put the same old questions forward. <laughs> um, listen, just before I'm, I'm, I change subject um, too much, uh, th- th- I just wanted to kind of get you guys' opinion on our defensive record. Um, strangely, it's basically the same defence that we've had 
for well the last couple of seasons uh, with a new goalkeeper, obviously. Um, and that's really the only significant change. You know, Barisic has been at the club now for, for four or five years. Um, Tavernier is an ever-present. Goldson's pretty much an ever-present. And, and somebody else beside him, whether it's Balogun, whether it's Suter, um, whether it's someone else. But we are defending really very well just now. You know, 12 goals we've conceded this season. Um, uh, and under Clermont, we, we are a very, very difficult team to score goals against. How has he done that? What's changed there? Because ironically, I still hear criticisms of Barisic, of Tavernier. I actually have Goldson um, that they're not great defenders. Well, if they're not great defenders, then whoever plays alongside Goldson must be a fantastic defender because somehow we're not conceding goals. And, and defending is is done from the front. And I, you know, I get all I get all that. Um, but something's changed uh, with this with this team. Something's changed with this defence. You know, we are not conceding goals just now. Um, you know, we are we are playing well defensively. We are a hard hard team to beat because of that. What's it done? You know, uh, Chris, what, do you notice something different with the preparation, the mentality? What's changed? I think a lot of it feeds into the, the improvements that I've seen elsewhere on the pitch. He's raised individual levels. And I think if you try to start the season, confidence levels and form levels were way, way down. And that obviously filtered its way through every area of the of the side. The manager has come in, he's raised all those levels, he's raised all those standards, and that's clearly helped defensively as much as it's helped in the middle of the park, as much as helped up front. I think he's, he's spoken a few times about uh, not parking the bus and being being hard to beat, but giving the team more of a more of a structure. I think the, the way the side's set up, um, it it lends itself to being harder to break down because at the start of the season there wasn't really a structure or a style of play. I, I think there we all we all spoke off enough about what is it Rangers are actually trying to achieve both yeah. defensively and defensively. They're just for a for a coaching staff who were meant to be brilliant on the grass, there just didn't seem to be anything anything there. I think that the manager in such a short space of time with very little time actually on the training ground is very, very impressive the job that he's managed to managed to do to turn this entire side around, to turn so many individuals around. I think defensively, the goalkeeper also plays a huge part in that. We both also spoke at Butler earlier on. He's been signing up the season, player of the season. Having having him there, uh, I think that certainly helps the back four because they know teams get by. You can rely on on Butler to make us to make a safe. He's done it so often over the over the course of the season. That that certainly helps. Um, overall, I think defensively they can still improve. I think it's an area that. We'll probably see a bit of investment in over the over the course of the summer. Um, you're like looking at Ben Davies moving on. You take a fee back for him. You reinvest the wages. Balogun, they maybe give him another year. If not, you reinvest the wages. Left back, we touched on earlier on, potentially two coming in. So that I think there will be a bit of movement in the in the back forward over the over the course of the summer. Um, obviously, who knows what's going to happen goalkeeper wise? If someone puts enough money on the table. We may be looking for a new goalkeeper as well. So, but I think the the good thing is the manager has shown he has the coaching capabilities and the man management skills to set up a defence. So even if the component parts change, you would back him to be able to go and build another one. Because uh, if he can build one out of what Bill left behind, he should be able to go and build one. Uh, he's actually bringing it in the bits himself. Yeah, yeah, that's the point, isn't it? Uh, it's true. Sorry, I mean, can, can I just done I, with the, the tools I, that he was given? 
Correct, but I just put up, again, I don't want to make this some sort of Jack Butland tribute night. But an interesting thing with Butland was teams, if they get through uh, previously against Rangers, McGregor could pull a save out. Butland is more mobile than McGregor, and he's, he's called out when to come and when to clear and when to put his boot through the ball, I would say is superior to what McGregor was in these latter years. The other thing is, and this came from um, a source, namely a player, who said that when Butland shouts, he's not he's not a cheerleader. He's not shouting at the defence because he thinks that's the done thing. He actually lets them know for a reason. And I think that's why Butland gets the job done by pointing things out to people rather than having a, a, a screaming fit at them, which McGregor was liable to do. Well, just about anybody, I have to say. But I think Butland is far more measured and calculated on what he actually does. Um, and I also think he's, he's got a certain sort of mindset. It, 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 puts me a, it puts me in mind of Chris Woods a lot. Chris Woods was a, a fantastic goalkeeper at Nottingham Forest under Peter Shelton. He then moved, you know, um, away from Forest, went to uh, went to, to Norwich and and established himself there, and then came to Ibrox. And I think the fact that he actually moved through a number of clubs and, and learned his trade, I think Butland's the same. You know, you have to remember that Butland is actually he could get the five rings tattooed in his leg being an Olympian if he, if he really wanted to. So he, he, he's done a lot in his career. He's still relatively young goalkeeping-wise. Yeah. And and I think he is he has given Rangers uh, a focal point that, that what he's, he, he actually backs up what he says through his actions with the saves that he makes. So therefore, I think He's a, he's a lot more commanding than having a committee meeting between Tavernier and Goldson and, and McGregor and whatever went wrong previously. Okay. Um, the the draw was made, um, so Hibs away. Um, what, what do you make of that? How do you feel about that? I mean, it could have been better. We could have got a home draw, I think, really. We would probably accept anyone at home. Um, Easter Road, we've done okay Easter Road in, in recent times. It, there's still that thing about Easter Road's a hard place to go. Actually, it hasn't been that hard a place to go for most teams this season. But at the same time, Hibs are the kind of team that could give you a bloody nose. Um, you know, that's particularly at Easter Road if they can get a crowd behind them, if they can get a bit of momentum going. And they obviously got a win yesterday, having had a couple of heavy defeats. So, um, what's your what's your take on that, Stuart? How do you feel about Hibs coming out the the, the hat? Are you happy enough with that? Um, I think we get to the quarter-final stage. You've only got another seven teams in the draw. It, it, it really is a bit like the, the draw is locked. There's not a hot ball and a cold ball, whatever it is. Um, the only danger or fear would be that um, Hibs are built up to be a better team than they actually are. I think we had a bit of that yesterday ahead of the, the cup tie against there, where this is a team managed by Scott Brown. You know, like... Okay, so um, go, and, go down to Fleetwood and have a poll of what they thought of Scott Brown as their manager. Um, and the fact he's actually now, you know, located himself at air probably tells you everything you know on that front. But I think I think Hibs, the danger with Hibs is, one, they're built up to be better than you actually think. And secondly, 
they are due 90 minutes against somebody at some point during the course of the season. You know, if you play enough football matches, you may get one decent 90 minutes and you just hope it isn't going to be uh, against your side. So that, that would be the danger for me. But I, I, again, I have to say the mindset of Rangers under Clermont is we're better than you, therefore we will beat you. Yeah, Boyle's back, um, and he does make a difference to their team. I, I think he's a, a actually a pretty decent player. I'm surprised he's still at Hibs. Um, I know he did leave for, I think, the Middle East, and it didn't last too long, and came back. And, and I am surprised he's still at Hibs because I actually think he's a pretty decent player, and I, I think he does make a difference to their team. Um, but like you say, at this stage, a home draw, I would have taken anybody at home. Uh, I can live with 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 Hibs away. Um, looking forward to, to to Valentine's night, Chris. I think it is um, on, <laughs> you old um, on you. Wednesday. Um, <laughs> will you be uh, taking in the Ross County game, or will you be um, taking one of your many mistresses out on, on a date? If I don't answer that, because this is this is life. Um, listen, Ross County um, are currently managerless. Um, does that does that make it harder to protect? Um, how they'll approach the game is that, is that, is that actually not, not going to go in our favour um, they're start of the season and I think they're all just very grateful that Livingston are, are, are having such a bad one because it, it, it didn't really work it wasn't really working out this season under Mackay uh, he moved on they brought in Adams a very strange appointment as a guy who's already managed him twice um, who played there who clearly knows the chairman the chairman must know him and he arrived as if he'd never been there for his life. Starts complaining about the quality of players, the quality of the league. You think, what the hell? If anybody in this country knows what it's like to manage Ross County, it's you. Why are you complaining about this? And a very peculiar, um, short period in, in Ross County's history, I have to say. Um, I, I really don't know what happened there. Um, they've got, is it, is, it, um, is it Don Cowie that's now the, the their kind of stand-in? They may have a new manager by... And by Wednesday night, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what stage they're at with that. Um, but either way, does that does that make them harder to predict? Does that does that actually not really something that helps us? Even if it does make them a slightly different proposition than they were this time last week, it should still be one that's vastly inferior to Rangers. Now we look at everything that's, that's there for Rangers, chance to go top of the league, probably a full Ibrox team very much in form, players playing well as we've just spent the last hour or so discussing. There's no excuses for Rangers. The fact that Ross County maybe get the Don Kerry bounce doesn't doesn't come into it. That's it's, it's, it's all it's all there for Rangers just to go and just to go and do the job. Um, this this game in hand has it's been on the, it's been the backs of minds for a long time as the, as the gap has been whittled down as the as the dynamic of a title race has changed. It's always been this game. People just want this one played. They want it won. They want the points on the board. And that then hopefully changes the uh, changes the look of the Premiership table in, in Rangers' favour. So I don't think the manager will be overly overly fussed about who's in the who's in the Ross County dugout. Because um, we also had the same situation last week. And Neil Warnock going into Aberdeen, we were expecting something from them. Got it to an extent, but Rangers still managed to get the job done and win, uh, win the game Wednesday night. Should be uh, should be the same. Yeah, I mean, and again. Rangers have it within their, their own power to go top. If we yeah. win by more than two goals, that's us. We, we, we go top. And, and Ross County at home, without wishing to attempt fate, um, you couldn't really have asked for, for a better game um, to, uh, to see that. Do you see many changes in, in, that, in the starting lineup? 
Um, well, well, it's difficult to, to predict. Come on. I mean, he makes changes and you, certainly changes I wasn't expecting. Um, you know, uh, he does like to, to rotate, I think is the, the, the term we use. Um, sure. Do you see many changes being made to this game? Um, or for this game? He has in his mind, um, his best 11 or best starting 11 or the starting 11 that he would like to put out. And can, um, do I, you know what that is? Or do any of us know what that is? Well, actually, I think I think he's a. I'm, I, listen, um, I might be mistaken here, and and other people might have a, a view they'd like to share. I actually think he is a guy who picks his team based on who the opposition are, knowing that there are certain people who would do a better job against different op- opponents than just putting the same team out week in week out. I think I think. Um, he, there's one or two positions that are up for for grabs, um, so uh, to that to that end, I, you know I don't think you can always predict what the side he's going to put out, but I think ultimately there's about eight nine, and that's and that's starting eleven that you would put down there and and not have any debate on it. The the, the, whole, the other thing I think his mindset is that Rangers go out, they play, they win, they go for three points. If they score. One and that's enough. Then that that's what the results going to be. If they score four, five, six, then that would be a a, a bit of a, a Brucey bonus on that front. I think he sets his team out to win the matches, and as long as you keep winning the matches, you keep applying pressure to those around you. And I think first and foremost, he puts out a team to win the game rather than think to themselves, "We've won this game. How many goals can we score?" Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think you know. I don't know. I would agree with you there. I don't think it's um, it's as simple as saying, right, let's go out and score five. You know, it's about going out and, and commanding the game and winning it. I agree there, but it must be at the back of the players' minds. Who, who do you start up front? Because I was really surprised when Dessau started against Aberdeen. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't see that that move coming. Um, you, do you think, will he come back into the side? Is, is it a case of Dessau plays midweek and, and Silver plays on Saturdays? Or, I mean, who do you see starting up, up front, Chris? I would think Silva. I think as we spoke about earlier on, he he looks um, as as he should do, given the uh, given the money involved in his his career and and the the, the profile and uh, all, all the all the praise that he's had over the course of his career. He looks like the better option. I think he is the he is the the, the number nine for Rina right now. I thought the managers, the way that he handled, and the way that he spoke about Dessers after that, but Dean, it was a case of, well, we'll put him in, and this is my words, not his, he can do the donkey work, if you like, he'll, he'll, he'll occupy that Aberdeen defence, he'll, he'll run them in certain areas, he'll be a bit more physical, and then when they get tired, by the way, we've got a £30 million guy we can bring off the bench, and I thought you, you saw the benefit of what Dessers can do, didn't have a lot of chances, didn't have a lot of uh, sights at goal, but he played his part in, in the win, um, and then so Silva come off the bench and just add something, yeah. add something different. Um, I think if, if you're going to pick, and I'm sure talking about a best eleven for me, and I'm sure for a lot of people, Silva is the man you'd want in, in number nine. But again, as sure said, is very much a what's the best team to beat this team, not what's the best team on paper, what's the team that it's going to get social media likes, it's what's the team that's going to get the job, however it's set up, whatever the, the ninety minutes, what can I do off the bench? Is how how do I beat this team and win the and win the game? So I think it's very very hard to call on 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 his on his side. Personally, I like to see Silver start. I think he's more than got enough quality to go and uh, do a bit of damage and hopefully get 
and get himself another goal. If it's Dessers, you, you know, you back him to do a job. Um, and we've, we've seen goals coming from other areas of the of the side, which is good as well. We've seen uh, Barisic chip in for the first time in a long time, but Cantwell's in good form. Matondo's got a couple. You're looking at maybe Lundstrom stepping up. McCausland, nice. Uh, if you can get back in about it. It's not a case of if the Rangers number nine doesn't score, Rangers don't win games. There's goals from other leaders off the side, and it's very much a it's very much a team game these days. Yeah, I think that, that, I think just just to, to pick up on what what Chris had said there, I think you're absolutely right. I think the Aberdeen game and Dessa starting, I think I think probably Clement saw that as being one physical and a bit of an arm wrestle, and secondly, that Aberdeen with a new manager in charge would be showing us a, a different level of um, combativeness, let's say, to, to actually go out and make their mark in the opposition quite literally at times, and 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 because of that, Silva wasn't really the guy to to maybe play in that game. Maybe Dessers was the you know the infantryman, um, and was um, could be utilised to that effect. I think what Chris is saying is right enough as well about Silva. If, if you watched the game against Dean yesterday, he was he caused a lot of. Uh, confusion or created pockets of space for other people to go into simply because he dragged central defenders, either dragged them wide or dragged them out of position and you suddenly had two players a central defender and maybe a right back or a left back picking up on a striker and, and you could see them looking at each other uh, to say, is this your guy or is he my guy because he's into my, my area and I think because of that mobility and the fact that he does run and he can run for you know a good while, I think makes him a, a different uh, proposition and that somebody wanted to pay 30 million quid for him at some point in time you've got a 30 million stri- pound striker there on the cheap regardless of what happened at his, you know, his, his parent club or his previous club I think there's a guy there who has bags of potential oh, yeah. And, who, yeah. and who knows what effect that goal might have had the one that he scored yesterday you know, yeah. it, it might be the, the, the thing that uh, kickstarts his time at Ibrooks just getting a game, getting a regular game will make a difference too, actually. And and we actually we haven't even talked about it tonight. And we're not going to, but I mean, Cantwell's had a bit of form as well. Um, and, and when he when he hits form, actually, he, he, you know, you remember just how an effective a player he can be. Um, last question, I don't know if you know the answer. Is Lawrence fit? Uh, yes, it was just a uh, same situation. Lawrence as with Jack last week. Manager just came managing his. Managing his load, I believe, is a game modern phrase for it, basically giving him a rest to make sure he's fit for the next one. Um, obviously, he's, I think he's spoken the last couple of weeks about players like coming out of injury and just having to be careful because I think because of the options that he, he has in that area of the pitch. Um, and he doesn't have to ask guys to go to the well week yeah. after week. He, he, does have, he does have that flexibility now. Um, so... For me, I, th- I think Lawrence comes back into the side. I thought he was really impressive against Aberdeen. Um, and I think he's probably ahead of uh, Jack and Raskin for that uh, for that slot. And in, in time, I think Diomandi takes his jersey and he takes that takes that place. But um, I think I, I think we'll see Lawrence back in there on on uh, Wednesday night. Great. Okay, guys, thanks for your your time tonight. I'll, I'll let you go back and dig out your Taylor Swift 
costumes and, and uh, whatever else it is that you're going to take to, to watch the American football tonight. Um, and if I can just remind everybody that uh, the platform is available, or the pod is available on a lot of different platforms, Acast, iTunes, YouTube, YouTube, CastBox, um, Stitcher and Spotify. Um, there is a pod on Friday night, and I believe it is Craig and Grant, but keep an eye on, on uh, Jarsnet Twitter and they'll keep you up to date on that. Uh, and I would say there's uh, probably a decent chance there may be some reaction pods uh, after Wednesday night's match as well. So again, keep an eye on the Twitter feed for that. Um, and better still, if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, they're all published there shortly after going. Uh, so thanks again, guys. Thanks for coming along tonight. Um, thanks for putting up with me. Uh, it was interesting to hear what you had to say um, on what's been a reasonably decent weekend for Rangers. Um, just think the next time a pod comes out, we could be top of the league. Um, it's been a while since we had a chance to say that. Um, thanks for listening and good night.